Yes, we can hear Please you. I hope everybody can hear me. Yes. Okay. Okay. All right. Um, can somebody give a very short word of prayer before we start? Okay. Father, we thank you for this evening. Thank you for your word that brings light. We ask as you go into your word tonight, you will be with us. You will, you will teach us yourself. You speak through our teacher tonight. And we all will be blessed in Jesus' name. In Jesus' Amen. name, we pray. Amen. 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 In Jesus' name. Um, once again, I want to thank um, my mentor, my wonderful father, Figure to me, for the opportunity to take Bible study today. I'm sorry, I have a very sweaty eyes. I'm just coming from work. So I uh, just have to quickly get prepared. So today we are talking about the book of Colossians, book of Colossians, and um, um, it's a very interesting book. Uh, for the little time I had to really prepare for the Bible study, I had taken time to really go through, go through it again and again and again to understand a major um, word going past across by the book of Colossians. Um, it was written by, as we all know, it was written by Apostle Paul. And um, there is one interesting thing about the book of Colossians, and that is um, the fact that the Colossians are not, um, were not the people that were converted by, um, by Paul. He was not the one that, you know, discipled them or... Um, thing. He, he, he came in into the picture um, due to the issue that was coming up or, you know, rising up among them. And these are some of the things that are very, you know, some of the issues they face where some of the things are going to be uh, discussing tonight and most of them are even very relatable to our days. So um, if any one of us has the, the Bible study pamphlet, I uh, want us to quickly go to that we can have time uh, to discuss. Please um, pardon the um, bell. I'm in church and I'm in the church environment. So I'm sorry that you might be hearing the um, bell around. So I hope it is uh, it's going to be convenient. So we are on the book of an overview of the epistle to the Colossians. Our memory verse, if anybody has the Bible there, Colossians chapter 1, verse 18. Anybody? Colossians and chapter 1. And he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, mm. the firstborn from mm. the dead, that in all mm. things he may have the, the preeminence. Mm. If you look at that, might be like... Apostle Paul be trying to retreat that again. You know, it is um, most of the times I've come to understand that when we, when I read some part um, part of the um, epistles of Apostle Paul, I discovered that most of the things he say is to quickly drive home the lesson they want the people to understand. 
Now, from the energy vanishing, Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. Or some version might say, or the firstborn from the dead. So he is the first in everything. And if in, in, in um, relation to the, to the book of John chapter one, if anybody is there, John chapter one, I want us to draw um, a, a relationship between John chapter one from verse one. Anybody that is there, I want us to draw correlation there. John chapter one from verse one. Anybody? I hope can you hear me, sir? Yes, we are opening it. John chapter one from verse John one. chapter one verse one. <laughs> In the beginning yeah. was the word, and the word yeah. was with God, and the word mm -hmm. was God. He mm. was in the beginning with God. All things were made through mm. him, and without him, nothing was made. Mm. In him was life, mm. and the life was the light mm. of men. And the darkness shines, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Mm. Now, in relation to where we read, Very sorry. And in relation to what we what we just read, we could discover that this was a great relationship to what Apostle John also teaches, trying to establish the, the reality that Jesus Christ is the beginning and the end of everything. He is the, the, the totality of creation. I want us to notice that word, the totality of creation, meaning there was nothing that was made, nothing that was made that was not true. So we could say that literally it is the major, like maybe as, as a chef or as a chemist, you could say is the major ingredient, is the active ingredient, is the ingredient used to make everything, everything. That is what Apostle Paul is a star of Colossians. Now, introduction, we say, in a team, the role of a leader is inevitable. So is the follower's role. We are all connected to one another, directly or indirectly. That connection is vital. Following the first teachings infiltrating the church at Colossae, Paul, who was in the prison, wrote the epistle to the church at Colossae. Talking from, you know, now discussing about the writer now. This is a church Paul didn't found and had never visited. A characteristic this letter shares only with the epistle to the Romans, meaning the epistle to the Romans was also um, an epistle to the church. So, Paul told us that the Colossians learned about the gospel from his co-worker, Epaphras, which was established in chapter one from verse six to seven. Paul also said he's personally unacquainted with them as a group. 
Epaphras, his fellow prisoner and servant, was tremendously used to convey the message to the believers in the city. Epaphras also brought back some disturbing information. After receiving the message with joy and giving evidence of spiritual love and good, some members of the Christian community were being disturbed by false teachings. Epaphras was deeply concerned and he sought Paul's step in combating the problem. This letter is the result. So now we are, we are, we are establishing the reason why the, the letter was written in its instance. Why was this letter written initially? Was Paul just feeling like, okay, let me just look at somebody else to write to? No, there was an issue which initially would not have gotten to the table of Paul. But the professor, okay, who could I talk to? Who could I speak to to help drive home this message? Now, there will have been um, track record of Paul attending to this same issue that will have given Epaphras the idea, oh, I have somebody who can do this. I have somebody who could speak to the people of Colossians. And, you know, like we discover, the major issue there was the, the, the deity of Jesus Christ the deity of Jesus Christ himself and the result of what he has done and the result of what he has done. So um, as we read on, the literacy that was rearing its ugly head is known as Gnosticism, though not as developed as it is today. It's the first teaching that denies Jesus as the Lord and savior of the world. In order to nullify this enormous doctrine of belief, Paul revealed to the believers the deity of Jesus and the believers have everything they need in him. In this episode, nothing is more important to the Paul than Jesus Christ, who he is and what he did, who we have as a result. All these things were being challenged in policy and Paul arose to defend the gospel and the lost people from the dangerous counterfeits. Now, what is um, Gnosticism uh, generally, according to um, what was mentioned there? Gnosticism is, um, uh, like I would, I would say it is, um, it is a school of thought that believed that we, that the world was created and ruled by a lesser divinity. That was what Google brought up generally. Like, okay, we're trying to hype, uh, uh, it was made by one person, uh, by this, by that. It's not really what the Bible, or that's what salvation is all about. No stick doctrine thought that the world was created and ruled by a lesser divinity. The demiurge and that Christ was an emissary of a remote supreme being, divine being. So it was just like a messenger sent. There is not like maybe it was a really important to um, the work of salvation or to the creation of the world or, or to whatever we might be living as Christians. So that means logic. Logic is um, generally what Gnostics preaches. A lot of 
from dualism, a lot of cosmological dualism, strict asceticism, um, repudiation of material creation as evil, and so many belief systems. Just in attack of the fact that Jesus Christ is the totality of creation. As according to the book of John 2, as it was, everything made, everything, nothing. He said, nothing was made that was made without him. Nothing. Nothing we can say that was made. So when we look at our life, the, the, the world, the reality of the spiritual realm, our salvation, the, the works of, of the concluded works of Christ himself, we're talking about the totality of Jesus. The totality of Jesus. And so many of us today, we have one way or the other come across this message or come across or sometimes been tempted to also want to believe this. Maybe one way or the other we felt maybe something was supposed to happen after we have prayed and it didn't happen. Like, we are tempted to say, well, maybe this thing does not really concern God itself. Maybe God is not involved in all of these things. No. No. Maybe we are able to influence things by ourselves. Huh. Those are the um, the, 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 the things agnostics believe in, knowledge. If we can't see it, we don't believe it. If we cannot prove it, proving uh, there is God. Now, for an instance, how do we prove there is God to a logical man? How do we prove there is God? Or some people say, now don't believe in healing or miracles. They'll be like, I'm alive. And Either we have already come across them or we have people around us that believe to know those things. I can say that a lot of us will have heard say statements like that. Like, all these miracles, they are just sakamajic. They are just fake. Nothing is miracle. Is the body healing itself. Is uh, our body trying to do one thing. At a point in time, our body will start to And, you know, just to tackle the finished work of Christ and what Christ signifies in the life of the believer. So these were the things that was coming into the Colossian church, the Gnostics. Not really. I was just with the province of Coast River Valley, about 100 miles from the capital city of Eversales. There were two other nearby towns, Laodicea, Emaizuwe, and Irapolis. There were Christian communities in these cities as well, and both are named in Colossians. Note that there is a relationship between Colossians and Ephesians. It has been observed that about 60% of Colossians is reflected in Ephesians, though most of the similar truth discourse are presented in different ways. Why Colossians is specific, argumentative, and full of warnings, Ephesians seems general and uncontroversial. Though this letter is short, only four chapters, it is loaded with spiritual power and, nutri and nutrition. So as we are going to see, we are going to see a lot of um, argumentations, a lot of warnings, a lot of you know, specific commands, specific commands. So um, when we go through our, before we go through our discussions, I want us to read the book of um, Colossians chapter 
2, Corinthians chapter 2. I want us to pastor Paul me. From verse 6. Anybody? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. Okay, and now, just as you accept Christ, you, you must continue to follow him. Hmm. Let your roots grow down into him and let your lives be built on him. Hmm. Then your faith will grow strong in the truth that you were taught hmm. and you will overflow with thankfulness. Hmm. Don't let anyone capture you with empty philosophies mm. and eye-sounding nonsense mm. that come from human thinking and from the spiritual mm. power of this world rather than mm. from Christ. For in Christ lives all the fullness of God in a mm. human body. So you, you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. When you came to Christ, you were circumcised, but not by a physical procedure. Mm. Christ performed a spiritual circumcision, the cutting away of your sinful mm. nature. For you were buried with Christ when you were baptized, and with him you were raised to new life because you trusted the mighty power of God who raised Christ from the dead. Yes, two more verses. Yes, sir. sir. Okay. You were dead because of your sins and because you, your sinful nature was not yet mm. cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ for he forgave all mm. our sins. He canceled the record of the charges mm. against us and took it away by nailing it mm. to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities. Mm. He shamed them publicly by his victory over them. So don't let anyone condemn you for what you eat or drink, or for or for not celebrating certain holy days or new moon ceremonies. For these rules are only shadows of the reality yet to come, and Christ Himself is that reality. Thank you so much, sir. Thank you so much. The reality, Christ Himself, is that reality. Christ himself is that reality. Meaning, whatever might have been said, the rules, the laws, they are all foreshadows of the reality to come. And now he's now retreating it. The reality is here. We have the reality now. Let no one come and bamboozle you all. Come and, like we used to say in our local panel, don't let anybody come and use bread to drain away your stew. I'm telling you, you have to observe these days. You have to do fiscal transformation. You have to observe these um, these days of uh, new moons and all sort of rules and regulations. So Christ is our reality. When we go through the discussion, said an important feature of the epistle is the firm focus on Jesus Christ throughout the letter. As we have read in chapter two also, from verse nine downward, he stresses the deity of Jesus Christ. I believe we have even talked about this in our previous um, on um, Bible studies, especially when we're discussing the book of John, because John extensively, um, to a great extent, presented the, the total, the deity of Christ Jesus Christ, 
and his human nature. Like you used to say, Christ is 100% God and 100% man. To a logical being, it might be like, what are you talking about? How can Christ, how can somebody be 100% of something and also 100%? But this is what I have come to realize that, yes, it defies logic. Yes, Christ defies logic. Sometimes there are some, when it comes to the reality of Jesus Christ, and that is where faith comes in. You know, I was, Scott I, I, um, is aware of this conversation. I was one of my very close brother who at the time fell into all this, there's no God, Christ is, and at a point in time, there was this argument back and forth, and I was like, okay, this in come. You say he was almost having a counter view to everything. Then I told him about the concept of salvation, healing. I said, okay, at least I can tell you. At least you are a church. You are not just a church member. You, are a, you were once deeply rooted. You've seen miracles. What happened in those miracles? You knew those miracles were not fake. So what happened? Uh, he said the, the only thing they've not been able to counter is the understanding of it. So oh, you guys have not come to analyze faith to a logical being. Faith has not come to be, has not come. Maybe I've not met the parties though. Maybe when I meet the parties, maybe they have had a final solution logically to explain faith. But as at that time, he couldn't explain faith logically. So these are the, this and this is the bedrock of our salvation, faith in the finished work of Christ. We cannot explain it that somebody would die for the sins of the whole world. It's not we can't explain it. Can't explain it. No, no chemical reaction can explain it. No human thinking can capture the reality that one person dies. And it is atonement for the old world. I pray the Lord bless us all in Jesus' name. So, secondly, say the major themes in Colossians are the supremacy of the person of Christ, the total sufficiency of Jesus Christ finished work on the cross, our completeness in Christ and our new identity in Him. One is against anyone who suggests that Christ and His work are not enough. Encouragement to live a life worthy of the gospel based on this truth. So, like we have read, chapter 2, verse 8, this is a central warning of the letter, knowing that false teachings was gaining ground amidst the Christians in Colossae. Paul warned them to eschew doctrinal error and enjoin them to grow in Christ. Two, there was a move by the legalists to add the starting requirement to the new faith. Paul called believers' attention to some errors to avoid, most especially concerning the circumcision of the flesh. He let them know that the death and resurrection of Jesus is now calling for the circumcision of the heart and not of the flesh, rendering the Old ceremony, the Old Testament ceremonial rites no longer binding. Thirdly, Paul ought believers to be wise in the way they act towards outsiders and make proper use of every opportunity. Christians in the city should be compassionate, kind-hearted, patient, tolerant, and humble. They should do away heartily with every form of grievances against one another. Practical Christian living is emphasized in chapter three. Put on some things, put on some things and be filled with the word. 
are you risen with Christ? Then be changed in outlook and attitude. Be changed in outlook and attitude. So in, in, in view of so many things that Christ has done for us, you know, we are saved by him, we are loved, we are Christ is the totality of our lives, is reality of everything that we can never believe in. There are warnings. There are warnings for the Christian life. You know, I was listening to one of my uh, fathers of it, and he was like, yes, in the Old Testament, the laws are explicitly, explicitly cited. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. He said, well, in the Old Testament, we think the Old Testament, Old Testament rules are very foggy. They are plenty. They are too much. But in the New Testament, there is more responsibility upon believers than the Old Testament. It took me a while to assimilate that. Yeah, are you sure? He said in the Old Testament, don't do this, don't do that. But in the New Testament, due to the finished work of Christ, we have a greater responsibility that has come to replace the old. Don't do this, don't do that. Now, the Bible is talking in the book of Acts chapter 1, it's saying, for those that are led by the Spirit, they are the sons of God. Most of us, we can't do some things right now. Not because they are wrong. Of course, so many of us are not doing some things now. It's not because they are, not, they are wrong. Okay, this thing I'm doing, I'm not doing it because it's... No, they are not wrong. But because Christ has forbid us to do it. If in the Old Testament they are explicitly citing the obvious things. Oh, don't cheat. Don't kill. Don't lie. Don't covet. What are all, all, all the things, those that are not explicitly cited, that the Spirit of the Lord keeps guiding us against right now? The responsibility, like Jesus Christ said, come unto me, oh, you that, that, that labors and heavy lady. He didn't say, I will take up, I will take up your yoke and all of everything, and you will not receive anything. He said, take upon yourself my yoke. My burden is light and my yoke is easy. So there is yoke, there is body. There is yoke, there is body. So it is not about, uh, uh, we are in Christ now, I'm free, oh. like we used to say in Yoruba Palace, that I'm free, yes, but yeah, I can do anything as I like. No, we have a greater responsibility, which is being wrought in our lives through the love of Christ. Because we love Christ, we can't do some things. We can't, re, we, we can't, we can't do. We can't repay people when they do things to us. Not all. Sometimes evil. Somebody is rude to you. Christ is preaching. Don't be rude. So sometimes when you do something and you do, when somebody does something to you and you do something bad, everybody be like, eh, "Now you first cause some." So waiting that guy do no day wrong. You are a guilty guy. But at the end of the day, Christ is like, hmm, even if you are right. Still, don't do this. So we have a greater responsibility as a believer. See Paul admonishing them: be kind-hearted, be tolerant, be patient, be humble. I can tell you literally for a fact that all these were not listed in the book of in the Old Testament. Be humble, be tolerant, be kind-hearted, be patient. 
No. We have a greater responsibility with Christ. So let me read the conclusion before we now take um, how it applies to us. The way less than one teach you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. Creation chapter 2, verse 8. We've read that place. It's relevant to us today. Those trying to water down the importance of Christ's personality and power shouldn't be given any breathing space in the church. And this calls for the fact that we must grow in God's knowledge to live a life worthy of Christ, acting above all things. Deeper life in Christ includes moving and striving towards perfection. Our obedience lies in our union with Christ through his death and resurrection. Building a life devoted and dedicated to prayer is a critical element of our spiritual development of good, and this reflects in our physical realm. And this reflects in our physical realm. Building a life devoted and dedicated to prayer is a critical element of our spiritual development of good. I, 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 I will keep saying it. Oh, we believers, I think one of the things that we, we do is in order, to, in order for us to be um, accommodating in our quest to be accommodating we have become so accommodating to a fault we allow some things in the body of christ that is not pride it's not that we are rude should not be allowed should never be allowed you know that's that's why it's always i always look forward to bible studies I, I hope the church grow to the level whereby our Bible study is going to be like a like um like the house of assembly where things are deliberated and there will be population, not just ten five people. Now, presently I'm close to one of the churches I usually worship with, the CC church. They are also having Bible study right now. And it's a very big church, very big church. The people that are in this Bible study and I, that I counted before the Bible study started, they are now up to 20. And this is a church that houses close to 400, 300 members. So, in our commitment to the life that will be grounded in the word of the Lord, we get to understand some realities about our faith. The things we shouldn't allow. Looking at that place that was... Um, I was written in our Bible study says, those trying to water down the importance of Christ's personality and power shouldn't be given any breathing space in the church. No breathing space. No, we cannot be accommodating to those set of people. Never. You know, sometimes when some people preach the word, is as if they are taking it personal because it is personal. The word of the Lord must be personal to every one of us. Some, I can literally, some of us have, you know, personally, let, let, me, let me share this. I, I was with a wonderful family at a point, and the, the, the mother of the house was, was um, diagnosed with a very terrible disease. And because I was very close to her, she didn't allow it at all, letting everybody know that something like this is what she's going through. And for me, it was like 
How would you want to keep this to yourself? She said, no, that she is going to make sure that she does this and the Lord will heal her. I said, ah, I'm scared though. So that at the end of the day, they don't say, who knew about this? And I will now come and say, I knew about it and I didn't say anything. This woman personally went through 21 days fasting and prayer. Now, this was a testimony. I'm sharing this testimony with us. You know, we can understand the fact that no matter how terrible things go into the world, Christ heals. Christ blesses, Christ helps, Christ elevates. So on the 19th day or the 28th day, or the 28th day closing to the 21st, all right. So, so I was sharing, I think last thing I was I was sharing about the testimony. And so the the night, the last night of the fasting and prayer, she was sharing this with me. She said, in a, after her midnight prayer, she went to sleep. And in that dream, in a, the revelation, she was operated on, and that faulty organ We can no longer hear you, Femi. Hello? Yes, we can hear you now. Okay, all right. So there were tests she had done already to establish that this was real. So when she now told me about the testimony and everything, I was like, have you gone to check again? She said, yes. And the, the, the test showed total healing. He said the doctors could not believe it, that ha, they were still running some, you know, they're trying to set out for some other um, treatment and to at least start some other series of um, tests to, you know, check or verify how damaged that organ is. And I was like, ha, I, was, I was surprised. This was literally an alien that is home, close to me. So the reality of Jesus Christ is everything he stands for is real. He is real to us. He is real. We must never allow anyone to cheat us through philosophy and empty deceit. The tradition of men, this it has been alive. Even the world of medicine itself, it points to Christ himself. What was created by, by man? We have been helped by the Lord in our thinking, in our innovations to bring out great things to better the life of humankind. So I want us to be very careful. I want to admonish us in our quest to be, to be accommodating, to be patient. Also, we must be firm about what we believe. Now, how does all these teachings apply to us? The one in chapter 2, verse 8, saying, let anyone not cheat us with philosophy and empty deceit. Two, believers are to have a better understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ, to avoid being led astray through false doctrine and practices. We must. We cannot afford to be ignorant, looking at everything that is germinating all in our, in our days. Divorce, um, same-sex marriage, so many things, the, the, the doctrine of Balaam, so many things. 
that has crept into the church, we must be well grounded. And now we will become grounded by committing our time and our resources to the word of the Lord. There is no other way. Bible study, if it's going to Bible study in the church, as as is as wonderful, is great. But yet, we have innovative ways to do Bible study, like we have it now. Pastor is in Abuja. A lot of us are in Lagos. Some of us are not even in this country. There is no reason for us not to improve and to encourage ourselves to stay with the word of the Lord and sit with it. To sit with it. Enroll for trainings. Engage in conversations. Attend Bible studies. Talk to people that will be, talk to people that are well learned ahead of you. There is no reason not to help ourselves at this time. If reading the Bible in the surface was enough 20, 30 years ago, it is no longer enough right now. We don't need the prophet to tell us that. If reading the Bible 10 minutes was enough 40, 30 years ago, <laughs> reading 30 minutes is not enough in this our own generation. So we must have a better understanding of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Three, be watchful against any deviation that can tarnish the personality of Christ as Lord and Savior. Jesus was not created. He has been fully God. He has been fully God. Jesus, I, I, I love that statement. Jesus was not created. He has been fully God. I'll, I'll round up in three minutes so that we can have conversations and com contributions for the remaining couple of men that we have. The use of books that try to equate itself with the Old Bible should be avoided. The use of books, we have a lot of them. You know, some motivational books, inspirational books, which some people had, uh, have now taken up to be equivalent or equal to the Bible, should be avoided. The Bible is the Bible. The Bible has been true in the 1700, 1600, 1500, 1400. It is still true in the 21st century. That enough is to is enough to clarify that it has stood the test of time and the changing principles and philosophies of men. And it has been still been found true. So let us not bring any book written by anyone live or, um, or, or dead to equate to the word of the Lord. Never. And I pray the Lord will help us in the name of Jesus. So I, I, I welcome contributions, um, questions, and um, additions. Thank you, everyone. God bless you. Well, I have a few to say, but I don't know if any other person has something to say. Uh, let me let me allow others first. Okay, maybe. I, uh, well, well, let me just share a few things. Thank you very much, uh, Femi. God bless you. <laughs> Wonderful um, teaching there. Uh, we should just balance a few things. Uh, okay, let me first start with the lessons. One of the very important lessons I learned, um, a fellow pastor had has issues with his church. That's the, that's mm. the, that's the background uh, of this. 
yeah. tried to resolve it, and he called a mentor because the prefatus was like it was the one that served that delivered the letters of the Philippians to Paul. Uh, so okay, maybe they were contemporaries, not really a mentor, uh, but maybe because of Paul's personality is gragra and putting himself in front of everybody, they could say that probably he's ahead of a prefatus, but maybe they are just uh, contemporaries. But what lessons are there for pastors uh, these days? Um, especially with this denominationalism, even within the same denomination, we could see a lot of competition, a lot of comparison, uh, mm. things like that. Can you trust a fellow pastor to help you address uh, uh, an issue? We've averaged, in fact, the one I, uh, on my last trip uh, down south, spoke with a few mentors. And some of just we're just pouring out the challenges and exploits of ministry. I I heard about a mentor that took away the church members of his son. <laughs> like, you know, if you are contemporary, it's okay, that's bad though. It's bad. But at least uh, you are still meeting now. But so it's like who's your father? Who you go to call? confiding when you have issues, who you go to talk to, to and then your members came and you call up with them. Like, what is ministry turning is? I was just, I was just weak. Like, <laughs> I was just hearing a lot of things. But that's a very important lesson here. And I've still, I still very much believe that there are great mentors, great contemporaries, great ministers out there. I mean, we were, I was talking with a few of them. We're just having conversations, sharing, and rubbing minds. Uh, so as pastors, like we said a couple of weeks ago, the work of a pastor is hard. The work of a pastor is very hard. So it's hard enough for you to do alone. Please talk to someone. The whole book of Colossians came out because a pastor opened up to a fellow pastor. So that's a very important lesson. You know, a pastor, you're especially men. Thank, thankfully, there's no woman. Okay, the, the women have dropped, uh, they, they've gone off the call. All, most of us here are men. And the ego of a man is not to talk when they are going through stuff. I think we really need to talk more, especially men, uh, so that we don't die in silence, don't die alone. The whole book of Colossians came out because someone decided to pour out, this is what I'm going through in my church. Uh, then another thing I just want to point out to balance is uh, a number of people have quoted that uh, Colossians chapter 2. Don't be uh, carried away by the philosophies of men. And because of that, anything philosophy, you are against it. That's another extreme. Anything that has got to do with, with any, ah, I don't want to hear anything. Bible have said, don't be carried away with philosophies. Uh, like our teacher has said, that was the that was a specific issue for this church, for the church of Colossae at that time. It was very specific to them. Uh, there were philosophers that were trying to 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 logicalize everything Jesus came to do. That was the context of that verse. That doesn't mean if you went to school and studied logic and philosophy, you have a PhD. No, they will not say don't go and have doctor. Or philosophy, don't go have a PhD because 
you are now coming to philosophize everything. No, that's not what the Bible is saying. That's an extreme. So, um, and Atika has done a great job on uh, what Gnosticism is. In fact, it was it is argued that had John not written his gospel, maybe we won't have Christianity as we have it now. It may be just Gnosticism that we'll be practicing. So Gnosticism was a very, very major issue uh, at the time of the apostles. And I'm not surprised that it's, it's creeping back into the church. Nothing is really new. Uh, so that those are just a few of my thoughts and comments. Uh, I wouldn't know if any other person has any thoughts or comments. Brotosin, speak with Pastor T. Elder Kule Adegola, over to you so you can meet yourself, sir. You are still muted, though, in case you are talking, sir. Okay, hello, sir. Yes, Good sir, evening, sir. Good evening, sir. Good evening, sir. Yeah, I just, just want to, an observation. Can I go ahead? Yes, sir. Please go ahead, sir. Okay, sir. You know, just like what uh, Brad Topper just rightly said, you know, uh, what happened in Colossians happened to a church, and uh, the pastor saw in the, in the life of a man called Paul, who can probably advise. I observed that Paul was actually like a missionary or an evangelist that moved from one place to another. It was not over a church. So it makes it easy for him to open his mind and nobody's ready to, he's not ready to take anybody to another church. I think I want to just send a warning to like your, somebody you mentioned. He talked to a, a, his mentor who is also over a church and his mentor advised his member. And they felt that this, our, this new pastor is wiser than our pastor. He has a church. But the case of Brother Paul was like Jesus. He says he's the son of man. He has no nest. He has nowhere to put his head. So any member that I want to follow, I think I would just want to send a warning to many of us. Uh, he may not necessarily be our mentor at times to talk to. Our great uh, mentor is the Lord Jesus himself. He may actually lead us to even our colleague or another even in the church that will lead us in the right way. It may not be every time we run to, you know, God will help us. Uh, I, I heard uh, that the depot, when he was praying and he said, God, I want this prayer, I want this prayer. And he said, don't worry. Go and meet my servant. He mentioned the Adeboe. And uh, they are, they've not met before. And somehow, somehow there was a conference and they met in the conference. And God has gone ahead to talk to the Adeboe that, this so, so so person, you need to pray for him. And it was, but the was like, ah, I would like call him and say, God said, I should pray for him. He said, Don't worry, I have told him. And uh, all he was praying for, I need the, the spirit of wisdom or whatever, was set in that conference. They, both of them came for the conference for something else. But this one has been praying, and God said, Go and meet my son at the boy. So I think, okay, if God is not speaking to us in our dream or telling one or two things, he may lead us. He may be an elder who is not a pastor in the church. He may be an elder in another church that will not easily. He may not even need to come to your church to address your church. He will only share his mind on how to resolve that problem. 
I pray that God will help us and grant us his wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, sir. God bless you, sir. Any other uh, comments or thoughts or questions? Okay. Thank you very much, uh, teacher. God bless you. Uh, well, like I said, there are several great men of God. There are several people inside our local church and other denominations that, I mean, uh, they will love you for who you are. They will love you genuinely. Uh, but like uh, Elder Kunle said, let's be prayerful about it. In fact, some of my mentors know that uh, if you come to meet me, I mean, some of my proteges know that. If you come to meet me that you want me to mentor you, you have to first convince me why I have to mentor you, or God will convince me why it is me that will be your mentor. Don't just choose a mentor. Prayerfully, prayerfully choose mentors. Don't just go and say, sir, I want to be my mentor. I mean, I just look at them. You don't know what you're asking for. <laughs> but some of them, I give them almost three months yeah, assignment. Go and first, come, come and first convince me myself. And that your conviction. If God doesn't convince me that I will be your mentor, I won't. Just, we may call it pride, we may call it, but <laughs> I know what I'm saying. Mentees can do that to mentors. Mentors can do that to mentees. What we said, a mentee can can take can take the, the judge members of his mentor. I've never heard though, but I heard this one that I just went to dance out this year ago. I just heard now. I mentor to the members of his mentee. Ah. That one is that one is basky. <laughs> but so let's prayerfully consider who we speak to, who we choose as mentors. Uh, but we have we have the great mentor who is Jesus Christ himself. But yes, especially as men, let's talk to people, let's talk to each other, let's pour out, prayerfully choose who we are pouring out to. And God will help us in Jesus' name. Amen. Who should close for us? Um uh, that's all, Amogaji. Can you close for us, please? Tola, are you there? Okay, okay. Yes, sir. Okay. Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Our Lord and our God, we thank you, Lord, for your word that you have spoken to us tonight. We thank you for opening our eyes again, once again, to the truth in your word. You say be exalted, O oh Lord, in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Lord, we pray, O oh God, that the seed of the word that has dropped in our hearts, that you're planted in our hearts, will germinate and they will lead the truth outside of the repentance in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Lord, we pray that we help O oh God, as Christians, to show brotherly love to each other, to share our burdens with each other, and to the same, and to stay true to the word of God, to be to, to stay true to the word of God, and to teach others, and to let them know the truth in the word of God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 God bless you. Thank you very much. See you next week. Thank you, sir. Have a wonderful week. Bye. Bye. Oh, thank you, sir. Bye.